0: And we'll dispense with the formal uh, introductions this week because we've got to get right into it. Uh, this is, we're on the heels of Simchat Torah Tafshin Pei, And uh, we've, uh, a bunch of us have just experienced some interesting uh, events in our Yeshuvim, both where I live in Yad Binyamin and where Mali lives in Alon Shmu. So we're going to start with Yad Binyamin because we made the blogs. Uh, I, I don't know if you, Mali, are you a regular reader of the Kipa website?
1: No, I am not.
0: I'm sure Johnny Whitted. is. Johnny, you are Whitted. a keeper regular, are you not? I,
2: right I'm, a, I'm a semi-regular, not a full <laughs> regular.
0: So for those of you, for, for English speakers who are not living in Israel, and not uh, fluent, I guess, in, in Hebrew, there are a, a, a small number of blogs, there are, I guess they would, you would call them, uh, of, of websites that follow the escapades of the Migzar, of the religious Zionist world. One of them is called Surgim, and The other, the other big one is called Kipa. A rich sheva is not really like that. A rich sheva is, 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 thank God, not like that at all. But if you want, to, you want to know what, like, what's going on in the brunja, how would you, how would, how would, you even translate that? I don't even know how to translate that word. You read Kipa. So, it, 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 I mean, Kipa just they picked up on something that happened in Yad Vinyamin on Simchas Torah, uh, and I'll try to do it justice and describe it to the best of my ability because, and I, I hope you people don't mind, uh, bear with me, because there's a little bit of a backstory that, that goes into this. As we all know, Simchat Torah is, is um, it's it's a time of, of controversy in many communities over the issue of women and dancing with the Torah. So, a number of years ago, maybe two years ago, or three years ago, a group of women from, our, from the shul that I daven in, which is called the Beit Knesset HaMerkazi, the central shul, uh, d- decided that they wanted to dance with the Torah on on Simchat Torah. And uh, there, there are two major players in this story. One of them is the rab of Arshul, his name is Rab Hillel Mertzbach, and the other is Rabbi Yigal Hadaya. Rabbi Yigal Hadaya is the rab of the Yeshu. Rabbi Yigal Hadaya, it's important to note, is also the rab of the Sephardic Shul, the Sephardi Beit Knesset. Okay, Rabbi Yigal Hadaya is not in favor of women dancing with the Torah at all, and feels that it not only is inappropriate, he feels that it's Asur. That's his halachic position. Whereas Mertzbach has said, I'm not really in favor of it, but I don't think it's Assur. I think there's, a, there's room to do it. And that first year, the women were going to have, uh, they were going to dance with the, with the Torah and the shul in the sifriya. And just so you know, it's important to know, our shul, it, it shares a building, like it essentially shares a building with the Sephardic shul, which we with our, have with our Shul, and we share a common sifriya, a common library. Okay, so this is like collective, shared space. And uh, so, what happened that first year is the women were going to dance with the Torah, but then they came into a compromise and they placed a safari Torah on the table, and the women danced
1: around that Torah. Are you,
0: you Sorry, know. hilarious?
1: That's exactly what happened.
0: In really? Okay. Yeah. And okay, sure the one different.
1: ridiculous year of dancing around the bima, and I'll tell you, I'll
0: fill you in later. We'll get to Alon Shvut in, in a while. Anywho, That's so but of course, this it, it did not make people happy. It didn't make anybody happy. The, Ash, the, uh, the Ashkenazim or the women that wanted to dance with the Torah didn't get to dance with the Torah. And the spider of course, were upset that women were dancing with the Torah because they don't care if we're dancing around it or with it, it's still the same thing. Um, that led to all kinds of controversies, um, are, you know, complaints against the of, of Rabbidaya, uh, more and more controversies. Finally, there was, I, I can't even get into it. To this year, okay, so it, it was like: do you accept Rabbidaya's authority? Do you not accept Rabbidaya's authority? Uh, these are the kinds of things that get talked about quite a bit. This year, of course, the same group of women wanted to dance with the Torah. In, in the interim, it's important to know that um, Rav Hadaya has, to a large degree, taken a step back from an active, I would say, leadership role, not halakhically, but definitely politically, because he's been intimately involved in the whole Rav Tal affair, and it's taken a very great toll on, on his personality and on, on, even on his personal family. So he's just been very burnt by the whole thing, and he doesn't have a stomach of controversy at all. So, of course, when the women came to him and said, to say, you know, they went to him this year and said, we want to do it again, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm not saying that sarcastically. We want to do it again. I'm just don't want to, uh, you know, you, you don't want to tell the whole story. We want to do this again. And this time they decided instead of doing it in the library, what they were going to do was they were going to take private Torah, uh, Torah private Torah scrolls, And next to the shul, literally, right next to the shul, there is a ma'on, there are ma'onot. There are, there there used to be nurseries, and of course, we're getting older, so we don't need as many nurseries anymore, so these nurseries were turned into like a sort of classroom owned by the matnas. So the women said, okay, well, how do you feel about, about having our, we'll have our Torah thing not in the shul building, but we'll do it in the ma'on, which is 50 feet away from the, 50 feet away from the from the shul. Literally, like, next door. Like, when we had slichad, we had overflow slichad, we had it in that ma'on too. Okay, so they went to Rab Hadaya. And Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Hadaya is clearly not in favor, but he said, I'm not going to fight with you. Rabbi Mezabach said, it's okay, do what you want. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. And the women, of course, interpreted that to be, oh, rab Hadaya gave us permission. So, they were all set to do it, and they set it up, etc., etc. Comes Simchat Torah evening. And the women arrive at the ma'on, only to discover that it has been padlocked by a private padlock. Moreover, when they sent the men over into, like, and they had their Torahs, these privacy for Torahs were in the Ma'on. So they sent some men, they climbed over the fence, and they went to open the Ma'on, and it turned out that someone had taken a key, stuck it in the lock, and taken a hammer and broke it off, so that even if they had tried, so that you couldn't enter the Ma'on, I, essentially preventing the women from using the Ma'on to dance with the Torah on Simchat Torah night. But, of course, undeterred, the men then, you know, the Ashkenazi men, took the Seferi Torah and brought them out, carried them over the fence, and, of course, with nowhere else to go, where do you think they decided to have their simcha Torah dancing? Anyone want to guess? Johnny? Molly? I read the article. In the library. Uh, okay, so they have, they're having this thing in the library, and someone, ostensibly, it is claimed, uh, what's, the, what's the word when they say um, when it's never been proven? Allegedly. Allegedly. Someone, a, a, a member of the Sephardi Shul allegedly was so incensed for Ka'amot Torah, he came into the, he, he stormed up into the, into, the, into the library, apparently holding a keter chair in such a way above his head, as if threatening to strike the women dancing with the Torah with this, uh, with this chair. The women fled into the Ezrat Nashim of the Shul, Ashkenazi men came up to, of course, protect the women, Pushing ensued, it is unclear, fisticuffs ensued, much screaming and shouting, and since that time, the women have, of course, filed a police report. Tonight, the Russian Hamadzah is having a meeting. This is all the months I can talk about. What in the world is going on? Why does this keep happening? Johnny, you don't live in our community, so before I give my parshanut, I want and to you ask know. you, why in the world does this happen every <laughs> year around Simchat Torah, and how do we stop it from happening?
2: Okay, so uh, just to clarify, I don't live in the community anymore, although I did used to live in Yad Binyamin for the first three years, having made Aliyah, uh, and for those who are regular listeners, you'll know that I now live in Yeshuv, slightly further south, called Eben Shmuel. But the question is, why does this keep on happening? And I'd say it doesn't keep on happening, meaning, yes, there are uh, annual tensions and, and debates, both uh, person-to-person debates and online debates about the, the permissibility, appropriateness, or the boundaries vis-à-vis women dancing mm. with Sifrei Torah. But it doesn't happen, as we saw, at least as as I heard from people who are present, that violence comes into community buildings, comes into shuls, allegedly uh, um, driven by religious zealousness in order to defend the honor of the Torah. This isn't normal. This isn't defendable. This isn't acceptable. And that's why a police complaint has been filed. Uh, seven people actually went to file that complaint. Um, and I know that members of the community are very, very, not just uh, you know, uh, emotionally bruised and, and traumatised. And, uh, and this is something which has hurt a lot of people, those who are present, and also those who are stakeholders in that community.
0: Okay, you are saying it doesn't happen I mean what like, I'm, 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 I'm
2: saying I'm saying the notion that people come along and lock a, a community building and then lock it again uh, putting a private sephara out of reach of its owners and then chase people in a public building. When I say people here let's specify women who have very clearly uh, and with legitimate permission uh, whether that would necessarily be required that's of course highly debatable, but nonetheless having pursued all the avenues and received all the right permissions. Should, one should think that uh, a synagogue building is sacred and that a private space or even a public space is somewhere where people shouldn't feel threatened. The idea that somebody came to physically uh, and aggressively harm or assault others in a shawl is a shameful episode anywhere uh, and particularly uh, painful given that this is a community building where I, too, uh, did pray for some years, and as I say, I know many people who are physically present. Okay, so I'm, is... I'm
0: going I'm to take it the other way, because this is easy for us. It's obvious that we have to decry violence, and violence is a, ter- a terrible thing, and I'm not saying this in any way sarcastically at all. That being said, you have also, Johnny, some Sephardic uh, tendencies. Okay, so now I'm asking you. You're a lawyer on, the, on the defending the, the, the person or the community, you're defending the Sephardic community and the members of its community. So can you take the other side? If I were to ask you, justify this. How could this happen? Can you please explain it to me?
2: Firstly, I'm not the violence. The violence sphi- is inappropriate. I don't, I don't know what Sephardic tendencies mean. I happen to be Sephardic, but if it simply means uh, my cultural origins, that's fair. Nonetheless, uh, I, I can't justify and I won't. Uh, for the simple reason is this. And, and this is a problem of this story. For so many other aspects of our Jewish ritual life, the, uh, the acceptability of, of diversity seems to be just the way we do things. When it comes down to women uh, doing something which may well be uh, different to certain community norms, immaterial of whether you agree with that halachic policy or public policy, the notion that there could be any legitimization of any act of violence or aggression is beyond me. So, uh, I mean, with the greatest respect, I don't represent thugs. And what we heard about and what was seen there was thuggery, allegedly, in the name of God. But please, God, let it not be. Because uh, this is an affront to the Torah that I hold dear. And it's an affront to communities, both those communities, that people could think they could act in this way. Uh,
0: okay, so then you'll be disappointed to know that I've talked to a number of different people in the... In, in, and. So from, it's interesting, from my perspective, right, this story is less a Simchat Torah story as much as I really think, I really, really believe that this is a, an Ashkenaz, Ashkenazic and Sephardic kehilah story. And it's, about, it's very much about the, 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 the chief rabbi here because if you look at and talk to people in the community, it's very much us versus them on both sides. You know, not, and it's less specific to the issue of, of women dancing with the Torah here in Yad Binyamin, and very much connected to the idea of what happened to Rab Hadaya. Did people honor and respect him or disrespect him? And was he asked? Wasn't he asked? How dare you, you know, deny what he what he what he said? And whether you know we have the right to go against what Rab Hadaya said? And if you 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 listen to people and talk to people on the other side of this part of the community. They feel very much affronted. They said, yes, of course you asked him. But what do you want from the man? You know, he's tired. He's not going to fight with you. He's not going to put up a fight. But you know how he feels. And nonetheless, you went against his wishes. And you decided to have this program, despite the fact that he asked you not to have it. So where's the respect? They say, where's the Kabot torah? Who instigated whom? And I'm, I'm not, I don't represent... I'm prepared to have that I'm conversation. You, I'm this, not- pre- this is voiced this is, they said, of course, the guy who was violent was a Meshuggah. Now, let's let's put that on the side. And and this is a really interesting question, because if the rab of the yeshuv is against it, who I didn't ask for, I didn't appoint, but there's a rab of the yeshuv, And my rab and my big Knesset says, I don't think it's such a problem. So is it an affront against the rab of the yeshuv? And remember, we live in a country where the idea of Ashkenaz and Sephardic strife and tension isn't something new. A whole political like, party. I just sense.
1: have to interrupt you for one second. Yeah, go ahead. You know what I'm saying? But this is like
0: we, its a, its about simcha Torah. But to me, it's about so much more than that, which makes it
2: to me very sad. Ma- Mali, would really you, Mali, 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 would you mind if I just make one brief Please, comment? Please, right I mean I want to say something because I—I mm-hmm. I, I take offense to the notion that that this no, that power struggles uh, have to be framed within a Ashkenazi Ashkenazic. Uh, uh, debate it may well be here that you have two personalities here, but the the notion that ego and power is uh is more present or or would necessarily be more um justified because it emerges from one side of of the these seemingly cultural wars, I think, is crazy. Just I mean, I, I, you, okay. you should know I'll that. I'll
0: read you one talkback on this. One, one two, I don't. One, I
2: don't care the talkback. The night of Yehuda, his father, and his uncle went crazy with each other because one was a little bit ahead of the other in the Hoshana and Shul. breakaway Breakaway minion, right? The, the, I'm, I'm with all due respect. I'm not prepared to to concede that this is something which emerges from a culturality. It's about power and ego, and there's power and ego in synagogues, and there's power and ego in politics. And uh, sometimes uh, it comes from one side from the other. And in, in this case, this may well have been the Ashkenazi, but but that's not how we should see this. This is violent thuggery. As it happens... That person came from that synagogue this time around. If you said justify that think
0: way I believe that trying to convince yourself of that fact without acknowledging, okay, for example, number two number fourteen, the <laughs> What in the world does Arya Dairy have to do with okay. do Where did that come from? Oh, Where did that even come from? <laughs> You
1: think I'm making it up? It, it's Lehit labesh their power and power and ego struggles onto this issue. I think I, I could not have said it better than than Johnny just said. All
0: right, maybe I'm really misreading this. Uh, okay, you know. so I, I. Okay, Molly, go ahead. You've been you've been you've right. been signed for a long
1: enough. Yes. So first of all, because this is an issue that has been such a, you know, I've been heavily involved in an on for quite so many years. Um, I'll try to keep the history brief. Um, because what I really want to talk about is just some reactions to some of the things you said, and just some some reflections. I am the rarity among Orthodox women. I love Simchat Torah. I love it. I love dancing. I don't care. Give me a Torah. Don't give me a Torah. You must give me place to dance. That and by the way, this is something that 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 I've always felt very strongly. Um, and, and maybe I'll say it here because it's a point I want to make, um, which is that my my approach. Um, to women's issues has always been, I refuse to be victimized, and I refuse to be put in a corner. Um, and I will, within the boundaries of halacha, and within the uh, trying to find a space that that doesn't um, violate anybody else's discomfort, I will push till I find uh, the way that to to make me capable of doing what 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 I'm able to do again, given the caveats within the boundaries of halacha and within the boundaries of social, socially acceptable norm. But that means that, like, I must have been, like, you know, 15, 16 years old where I, when I decided, come heck or high water, I will never be Simchas Torah in a, in a shul where there is not a place for women to dance because I it's just impossible for me to be standing behind a watching men's dancing. That will never happen. And so I put myself always in... Um, you know, I went on Torah tours and I did, I did whatever I needed to do so that I could have a place to dance. That for me was always my expression. It didn't need a Sefer Torah. Now, in a lone shvot, so that means that I was the, always the crazy woman making sure there was women dancing and like pulling everybody into the circle to make sure that we had um, um, vibrant women's dancing. Okay. And for the first uh, many years, it was without a Sefer Torah. And then there are women who feel differently than I do. A lot of them are my friends and I respect them very deeply. And these are also women who are very, very strongly committed to halacha and also to conventional social norms. Thank God in the Lone foot we are blessed with many women like that. Um, real true Talmudot Chachamim and uh renowned, world renowned scholars. Um, and they don't feel like like I do. I'm just happy, give me a safer Torah, I Like being in community, I like hearing the men dance, I don't need the actual Torah. They're not. They they always felt that it was to them that that you know they didn't have that safer Torah and, and they wanted to celebrate the Torah, they wanted the actual safer Torah. So at a certain point um, they started advocating for that. I was not part of that original um, group. Um, but because of their advocacy, what started to happen was that on Sukkot Torah morning, we always da- they were always a Sefer Torah, and we, we danced in. It's, it's so interesting, so fascinating all the parallels. It started, we danced in the Mo'adon, which is a separate building from the Shul. While the men were getting their aliyahs during the Kiddush, the women danced with the Sefer Torah. It was beautiful, it was wonderful, it was incredible, it was spiritual. Um, it, it, it 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 attracted women of all types, um, old, young, wherever you want to describe them, falling on the religious spectrum. It was it was really beautiful, and for me that was enough. I was very happy. Okay, um, there were still women who felt they didn't like the feeling that they were hiding like thieves in the night in the zone. They wanted to know if it was possible to move to the actual shul building. Why do we have to, you know? And the whole thing was: it's not announced? It's a secret. It's a breakaway. They didn't like that feeling. They wanted it to be, um, kind of legitimized in the in the um, through the eyes of the rabbanim. Um, now I'm not going to go into all the politics because I don't think it's appropriate. I will just state a certain facts. Um, this was the year that our rav has a rav yishuv, a rav yishuv and a rav of the Beit Knesset. Okay, Harav Rimon is the rav of our Beit Knesset. That means, also, he's very much seen as one of the major community rabbinim. Um, this year that I'm about to describe, Rav Vaitman was made Rav of the community, okay? Of the Vaitman, yeshuv. Of the, excuse me, of the yeshuv, of the entire yeshuv, which is, two, is the north and the south, two by Knesset. Um, actually, there are four by Knesset, not if you include the Sephardi
0: Why is there a Rav of the yeshuv, and who decides?
1: Um, the Rav of the yeshuv is a governmental position, I believe. Um and so it's like, you know, it's official. Every every Yishuv gets a Rav. Our Beit Knesset, when we opened, when our community built 20 years ago and they opened a new Beit Knesset, decided that there's a, there's a Beit Knesset in the old Yishuv, which the Rav of the Yishuv and the Rav of the Beit Knesset were one and the same. The community decided we also need a Rav in our, for our, you know, our sub-community. Um, and there were elections and Rav Rimon was elected and he, he has been a Rav of the Beit Knesset. Um, okay, so that year, and at this point, I did become involved. Um, there was, I'm gonna again, I'm gonna be very broad. Obviously, there are a lot more to the politics, I'm gonna be very broad. There was a decision made, um, in consensus with Rev Rimon and Rev Weitman, um, that the women would be allowed to say for Torah within the building of the shul, and then there were all these negotiations how are we gonna do it so that other women won't be uncomfortable? Well, they'll go, and and, and again, the women who were dancing with say for Torah. We tried very, very hard to be accommodating. We'll go out. We'll so that If there are women who are uncomfortable, we will be dancing. Not in the actual, you know, we'll have room for for women who want to dance without the Sifat Torah. Women who want to dance with the Sifat Torah. We'll move into the side room. Okay. Ba- basically, a week before Simchas Torah, there was an eruption. I'm not going to go into a lot of details, but the, the parallels are very, very similar to what you described in, in the sense that the, the power struggle revolved around the question of, what about Kavod HaRav? Because, and this is true, and I think this is public record, so I think I can say this, Revitman, and Revitman actually, if anybody's interested, put out an email. I'm not sure if it's public. Maybe I shouldn't say that. But he wrote an entire um, like like letter explaining why he's pro-women dancing with Sefer Torah. Rav Rimon personally, is not pro it, um, but he was willing to come to a compromise with the women, Um, and accept it, and the anti-faction ostensibly um, their argument was, where's Kavut Harav, you know that this is not what Ramon really wants, and you're twisting his arm, and you're, I'm not even going into the details of the accusations, because they, I don't want to, Um, and so therefore another compromise was reached, and the women decided to go downstairs into the basement, the women's hakafot would be in the basement, because then it's not officially in the shul, it's in the ulam smachot, okay, that was three years ago, perhaps. Um, they went to the basement a little bit because, um, as my daughter said, who has been coming with me, you know, to women's dancing both in the Moadon and in the now in the shul. Um, upstairs, you're with the man, it's it's a much less of a quote unquote feminist experience. You're you're dancing like you always did, just to have a safer Torah, it's much less dramatic. You're pushing us into the basement, all of a sudden, it's just women in the room dancing with safer Torah, they're picking the song, sometimes they're whatever it is, you know, like you, you basically backfired on yourselves, but fine. Mm-hmm. That's neither here nor there. Um, that's mm-hmm. where things stand today. I'm going to leave it there. There are, there's more to say, but I won't. Um, so I guess I want to say three things. One is um, I I tend not to like um, bitterness, Um when it comes to women's issues, as I said before, in general, my approach is like find your way. There, there's got to be a way. There's got to be a solution, and, and, and I'm saying that in a positive way. And that sometimes, that sometimes that m- might mean compromise. Sometimes you might get a no, but like, like um, you know, I, I very firmly believe that there are ways for me to be in a a a um, a um, full participant within Judaism. Um, and i don't see myself as a victim and i and i don't and i i don't like to see myself as a, vic- as, a as a victim at the same time um, i think one of the one of the best quotes i i saw on this issue was i don't know if i should say her name but maybe i'll say it next time if, if she gives you permission because it, it was on facebook somebody a friend of mine posted about her her um, her experience for the first time this year they think they even had women's dancing like I forgot to say for tour, they finally gave women a place to dance and this is what she said i'm going to read the quote I decided that the slippery slope has two sides. Yes, women might want to st- might start to demand more, but if you give them nothing, you end up losing them. Either they give up on religion or they just become really passive. And I think that was so brilliantly said, um, which is men are always so afraid. And I think Johnny was completely correct when he said, you know what, there's so many places in which we, we reform and and we change things and, we, and, and, and things are done and it's fine. The minute it's a women's issue, all of a sudden, um, oh my gosh, it's going to, it's reform. It's going to change Judaism. You're going to give them a finger. They're going to take the whole hand. You know how many times I've heard that expression since I've, you know, in my life. And it's its very, very frustrating. Um, and and what's becoming increasingly clear is that that there might be a slippery slope. And I'm aware of that also. And there's complexity there too. And I feel like I, I try to stand very much firmly entrenched in the middle. And there are people to the left of me. There are people who do things to the left of me. There are people who do things, to me, there are, who do things that are to the left of me or whatever, you know, however you want to describe that. More forward thinking or more whatever word you, I don't know what word you want to put in there, but halachically and innovative, let's say, and I won't go there. I try very hard to stay in a place that holds two sides of this issue. Um, but I think it's a really important point to say, if you keep saying no to women, what's, what ends up happening is that become, they become passive, they give up and they opt out. And that, that's the big danger of, of saying no. I mean, besides for the fact that it might be morally indefensible, that's another issue, um, and there's really no reason to to say no when you can say yes if there are spiritual values to be gleaned. But beyond that, you're just you're just shutting unnecessary doors, and you're just kicking people out. And I think that's a really important um, point to make. Um, and the other point is. So in your community, it was Ashkenazi versus Fardi And in my community, it was Rev X versus Rev Y and covered X you know, versus covered Y. But Johnny said at the end of the day, uh, by the way, I want to say something else. And, and I'll kind of wrap up with this. When you said, can you explain it to me? Right. Can you explain the other side? I can explain it. I've spoken to the women. I've spoken to the women who are, don't want to say for Torah. We had a, this is actually this I can reveal because it was. Wait, don't their, want to say
0: for Torah or don't want you to have one?
1: Don't want women to dance in their shul to say for Torah. Men and women. Um, we had a, we, we had an evening after you know the um, explosion basically um, we which wasn't such an explosion of fra Shov, but like you know whatever I'd say the drama was supposed to happen in one way it happened in another way fine it was not even you know close to what happened in Yab and Yamin. it was really nothing near there um, we had an evening an open evening that was moderated in which everybody got had a right to, to speak up and to say how they felt about the issue Um and it was really interesting, by the way, I have to say that that the majority of, of uh, people are were pro. And I, I, and I would say that also by people, women voting with their feet, meaning at the end of the day, you know, we had no idea how many would want to come and dance to the safer toe We're like, okay, it's gonna be really embarrassing. Mm-hmm. You know, three of us, five of us, 10 of us with the Sefer Toa down in the basement, there were 200 women. And it was so beautiful. I mean, a row that made up that number that first year. Um, but I understand the other people. I understand the women on the other side. I understand them. Um, first of all, I understand the covet harav issue, and I very much am sensitive to kavod harav. But I don't. I, that was a smokescreen, in my opinion. Um, but I understand women who say I grew up in the conservative movement, and I don't want. I I chose orthodoxy, and I don't want my orthodoxy to turn into a conservative movement. I understand women who say um, I. Um, I'm, a fr- I'm watching modern orthodoxy or the Lumi world moving to the left, and I specifically chose, chose this community because it's very halachically um, rigorous, and anything that that, that here feels to me like a pull to the ret- left f- frightens me. Um, and I see our world as being threatened by the outside world, and I see our, our children being pulled to all kinds of things, and I and, and I and I, I don't want those trends coming into my shul. It, it's very much about people's sense of ownership over their space and their beliefs and their values. And that's legitimate, especially when you're, when you, when you're in one community, everybody together. Um, I still believe that as Johnny said, um, you have to find ways to to make space for everybody. And there are always ways to do that.
0: Um, Yeah, but maybe Molly, in this case, on the other side, I don't advocate this. I'm I'm not in favor, but I'm asking the presence of the women's Torah reading negates the or absence Torah reading? Of, no, no, I'm sorry. Torah uh, reading?
1: Or whatever. That was a uh, Freudian slip right there. Uh, maybe.
0: Uh, it negates, no, because
1: that's the next step. So. i I'm
2: not right.
0: I didn't mean it. it no, no, no. I'm saying, it negates a very the real absence uh, of one. Meaning, if I didn't want my daughter to go to it, and I don't care if my daughter, but if I didn't want my daughter to go, the very fact that it's there and that her friends are talking about it and that 200 women went, it becomes a Correct. correct. It becomes and an it, unavoidable it,
1: force. Correct. And I agree with you, um, which is why I think it's fair to raise the issue in the community and the community gets to decide what they want, right? I think it's fair. I think it's legitimate for a community to decide we don't want this if, and, and to defend their, themselves with their reasons. But I think that you have to make a decision based on, you know, you have to have a communal conversation, you have to have a halachic authority involved. And you have to come to a conclusion that's going to meet the needs of, um, I would say, probably the majority of your people. Now, you mean you think that if the majority what? of
0: Alon Shmood had voted and said we don't want it in our community, you would have been okay with them? Me?
1: With the- Me personally, yes. Yeah, interesting. Were there women who probably would not say that? There are. There are. I know a woman who said, if that happens, I'm, I'm, I'm getting up and I'm, you know, spending, spending my, my, uh, my Simchas Torah in a different community. I can't be here. If there are people for whom it's an ethical issue there are people for whom it's a um, you know a, a red line issue. me personally no me for me personally um, I would respect the value the, the wishes of the community yes personally yes.
0: Johnny,
2: how are things in uh, Evan? Well, Evan Schmwe people uh, go to show people broadly get on sometimes uh, perhaps the odd disagreement uh, this issue. I believe that there is an individual who has uh, a, a, a rabbinit who, who has her own private women's dancing with Sefer Torah in her home. Um, I, I'm not aware that the rabbanim have, have forbidden it. I'm not aware that it's been put on record as a as a significant suggestion, but we don't have a rav of the yeshuv at the moment. So uh, people basically do what they do while understanding what are the norms um, and I, I say I'm 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 not sure that this has been something that has been seriously debated by the so-called leadership. And I say so-called because we don't have such a formalized framework as, as elsewhere. But I return really back to the points that I said. I, and I, I just love it that these kind of questions and specifically this question would be treated in the same way of other trends uh, in orthodoxy, mm-hmm. other trends where there may be Uh, minority views saying this is acceptable and majority saying different. And uh, how do we find a certain uh, uh, modus operandi, a certain status quo? We seem to do it in almost every other aspect of life. But whenever there is an issue, when it involves women, uh, ritual or women and clothes, basically women, uh, there seems to be an intolerance for difference. Um, And and that's the issue here. And once you, and that that intolerance breeds uh, a certain uh, short, uh, what's the right word, short spark, short, um, Short-sided?
0: Short-sided. no,
2: meaning, oh, there, there you go, I'm losing my word, but a uh, short fuse. We have a mm-hmm. short fuse when it comes down to women in orthodoxy and in almost every other aspect, there's flexibility. You know, when when I sometimes raise a question, you know, how can we uh, tolerate mashiachistim in a community? Well, you know, let's see the other side. You know, how can how can we justify many people, and this includes places like Yabiniyim, going off to when Rosh out Well, you know, there are trends. And how about women in Sefer Torah? Well, it's forbidden, and we must fight it till you know, uh, till we get our point clearly across. That that venom. It's not just zealousness. That venom comes from somewhere very disturbing. Really, you think that it's disturbing? I, I think, I, I, I distinguish between zealousness and and uh, an assertiveness for the sake of either law or customs and venom. I think I, when somebody I know, is Johnny, a start, I, I would expect more from you, I, I, I would want no, to know. I'm sorry, region. I can't
1: say it because I'm a woman, so I can't say it, but I think Johnny just said it correctly. Because if I say it, I'm a complaining woman. But w- w- woman, but when Johnny says it, do you understand what I mean? But I, I will not. This was my quote. But this no, my Molly, quote, what are you
0: admitting to? What are you trying to say?
1: I'm trying <laughs> to say that when I once said this, you know, when I was discussing this once with another woman about why is it that you know this this phenomenon that men can, you know, like. There's so many. We can innovate here. We can innovate innovate there. And the minute it becomes a woman's issue, all of a sudden, you know, the the, the match and the, and the the, the match the to
2: the tears. the, <laughs>
1: the food, boom. I'm talking <laughs> about the Tinder, Kindling, whatever it is. And they said it's about. It has to do with power. Um, it has to do with uh, holding on to power. And I'm not. I don't want to say more than that. The only
0: problem with that is yes, there was it a man involved in this incident but the women are as equally vocal against, and sometimes even more viciously so, than the men, in my experience, in this incident, in my community. It's not men, they're women just as... Um,
1: no, but it's about, but it, it's and, just,
0: and, and the women are like, it wasn't
1: violence, and
0: you instigated it, and you brought this into our community. It doesn't saying the w- with
1: women on the other side defend, defend. Yes. yes. Okay, that's fair. Okay, I'm just saying, I think Johnny is right. Well, <laughs> okay, well firstly,
0: very thanks,
2: very I firstly, firstly, <laughs> firstly <laughs> thank you, but, but no, that's no, a, I'm, so... I, I'm not here to be right. The point is, no, it wasn't I'm a woman who came with a keto chair in, uh, above her head. It wasn't a woman who went to padlock the my, on where my kids uh, did go to, to, to nursery. Maybe bed. it was, right? who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Okay, you know, feel free and look at the security cameras around, but once you find that woman with the keto chair, Pushing women 's backs, which is what happened and which is why there 's a police report but let 's have that conversation that 's not we... what happened meaning we were quite <laughs> there was a quick uh, trigger in terms of uh, distinguishing between spider Ashkenazim. let 's be clear. The people who came to the, the Herman Library a place where i 've sat, sat and learned torah on many occasions, were men. The women uh, were inside that 's what happened. It took their husbands and other uh, interested parties to stand there. And, and basically be a human shield. That's what happened.
0: According to your version
1: of. What's I, wait a second, Johnny. That's I what mean, happened according I'll, to the
2: official version. I'll go
1: one step farther with you. It may be that there are women who, for, for them also, for some reason, the woman's issue is again, it's like a match to uh, to uh, whatever the word is, to kindling. Maybe Maybe for women it's the same trigger. I'm not sure. I don't I'd like to hear a man's perspective on that. Um, but for some reason, women's issues are how do know I pronounce this word? Incendiary? In, is that the word?
2: Incendiary.
1: Incendiary. Um, fascinating. I will leave the uh, you know, psychological analysis. I, I don't have it yet, so I won't speak of it. You know, I, I don't have a clear
0: next week on RC Weekly, Molly, oh, exactly. will the psychological analysis of the man of the clinical.
1: <laughs> no, I I it's, uh,
0: it's just interesting. All right. Um okay. Uh Johnny, last question. Are we going to be talking about this again next year?
2: Um about violence, I dearly hope not. Uh, and uh although it should be evident from our conversation and I already reached out to people who are present at the time, obviously any those who are traumatized we we hope that uh, they get the support that they need from the community and uh, and anybody who's been physically harmed, that they get the assistance that they need. I dearly hope that that, that this is never repeated anywhere because uh, it, there's been here a clear failure. And, and here I just want to just take a step back. We have here... A group of people who want to do one thing, a group of people who don't want them to do it. This happens in communities around the world, okay? And one may well argue that tensions surrounding this issue are predictable. We know already a few days before Simchat Torah, or even a few weeks, the blogosphere, you know, is replete with articles and opinions on one way or the other. But what we're failing to do is to educate. You know, you talked about how one rabbi was... Uh, tolerating this uh, this practice and one was against it. But we change people by educating people. You know, I'm sitting in a room lined with svarim, some of which are supportive of such practice, some of which are not. But when a person sits down and acknowledges their opinions that may not be mine, which have been offered by people wiser than me, it humbles me. And I don't think this is what happened. The pr- that we fail to educate about things which seem to be so incendiary, and in many ways, this gives credence to people taking the law in their own hands. I think we as educators have a responsibility, not just to respond to incidents like this, but to prevent them by talking about both opinions for and against, obviously. Uh, and and I'm, I'm not so one-sided, and anybody who listens to this should know that I'm actually quite firm on a number of, of positions uh, and, and, uh, and quite insistent on certain practices. Nonetheless, education changes you because you acknowledge their positions different to your own, and the milch Matash el Torah should begin and end through the conversation and discussion. Once you stop talking, violence begins. There was no talking, unfortunately. I think that was a most uh, uh, severe trigger that led to to all of this happening. The failing to educate and and the uh, and the harnessing of power, uh, rather than discourse, is why people got hurt. and We can't allow this to happen anymore.
1: Yeah. I just want to add that I agree with everything Johnny just said. To me, the lessons that came out of our whole Sopas experience here, which again, I, I don't want to overstate it. Thank God, you know, the, the, the machinery of the Yishuv worked very well in the big picture. There was no violence. It was kind of a tempest in a teapot. You know, in, in in the big picture, and everything was resolved. But the lessons that I took out of the tempest and the in the teapot were Johnny talked about education. I would say education, and but then you talked about dialogue, and to me that was the most important piece of it: is civil discourse, the ability to hear and value and hold other people's opinions, um, and the, the mechanisms to come to decisions um, that reflect the the complexity of, of different opinions and different perspectives while at the same time having leadership. And I think this is another piece that I would add leadership. That's brave enough to stand up. And at the end of the day, um, you know, yes, make decisions having heard all of the nuance and all of the complexities, but, but then at the end of the day, um, yes, having resolution and, and a clear voice and, 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 and coming out with like a, a clear, um, a clear, you know, I'll use the word psaq, but, but it's, it's not only psaq purely in a halakhic way, but just it, 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 we need, policy, you mean. We, need, we need healthy, strong leadership. Um, and that leadership needs to be informed by the voices of the community, and the, the community needs to be enriched by being educated, um, and, 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 and educated not just about facts, but about how to have um, healthy, nuanced discourse.
0: Okay, I guess we'll leave it here. I have to say, at least for the first time in a long time, I think that I, I feel like those two the suggestions that you said on the one hand make a lot of sense, but it seemed like platitudes to me. And that we'll have but they a, weren't
1: because I live them. They were we'll real. Have a, we'll have a
0: kennis in the being, and
1: everybody
0: will agree and then no, no not
1: everybody agreed. Not everybody agreed. Everybody heard everybody else. Everybody got to air their opinion. And then the Rabbanim got together and made it and, and came and made a decision about what was gonna happen in the show. That's, that's what happened here. Okay. By the way, with input from the community, and I, but I want to say one more thing, which is my last point, which is communities also need healthy, what we call a manganone, a healthy mechanism for which like, you know, like rub communal conversation and what is what, what what does come down to the RAVs authority? What is a communal decision? How do, how do community members get their voices heard? These are very complex issues and we need healthy... Um, mechanism, mechanisms put into place to enable that. Like you need healthy community structures. Um, that's another piece and it's not platitudes. It sounds like platitudes, but it's actually these are real this is real. This is how you prevent uh, people from taking chairs and, and, and women running with sites.
0: I would agree with that. I would agree with the idea of having strong healthy leadership being very important. And not just and,
1: leadership but, but but communities that know how to how to solve problems together
0: uh, how do you do that how do you teach community how to solve problems yeah i'm serious
1: you have to create models again you have to create models communal models in which people are able to air their voices and yet again th- again this is another podcast right it's like and it's actually an interesting question is there a jewish model for for community um for democracy um you know the place of the rub the, the you know, the voice of the individual. Do we believe a majority, a minority? Like, how are decisions made within Jewish communities? It's quite an interesting question. Okay,
2: well, after you,
0: good thing we have a podcast. All right, we're going to wrap it up here, I think. Thank you. Um, this is R.C. Weekly. And we'll see you next.